0: Welcome to the Artifacts Forum podcast. This is a place designed by and for creative thinkers. I am your host, Marco Hernandez, and it is my hope that in the next 30 minutes, you'll be encouraged to create on a deeper level in your respective craft. Every episode, we'll interview a different type of creative and glean from their passion and their process. So strap in and prepare to be inspired. Joining me on the podcast today is James Howard. He's a lecturer, design historian, industrial designer, inventor of some 300 products with 18 patents to his name. He is currently the owner and operator of Entrepreneurial U, a specialty private school of design thinking. He also serves as the executive director of the Black Inventors Hall of Fame. Without further ado, help me welcome James Howard. I'm fine. Mark, how are you? Appreciate you having me on. Good. Well, I'm going to start out by asking this first question, because I don't want to make assumptions about who you are or what you are, what you do, because there's so many facets to James Howard. And I just want to introduce the people and have the words come right out of your own mouth about who you are. So how would you define what you do and who you are? Well, what I do
1: is I instill creative confidence in individuals desiring to be better at setting and attaining goals and solving problems. I help them get in touch with their creative side and teach them how to utilize that ability to its fullest. Who I am as an individual is just someone who has a passion for life and a passion for sharing a message that there is a reason to always be optimistic uh, about uh, your present uh, situation as well as moving forward. You know, one of my favorite quotes um, comes from actually the late uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who when speaking on perseverance and moving forward, he says that if you can't fly, then you must run. And if you can't run, then you must walk. And if you can't walk, then you must crawl. But what you do, you must move forward. And that's really uh, what I'm about, helping people move forward. So your formal training is in what area? My formal training is in industrial design, and that is the art and science of designing products for consumption. Uh, We consider ourselves consumer advocates because we work on behalf of consumers to help meet their needs. That's a process called empathy. We place a pulse on those needs and then take our creative vision abilities and our artistic abilities, and we shape that into something that is safe, something that is lightweight, portable, and all of those intrinsic needs that we like to have when we are interacting with products and systems. And that also includes aesthetic qualities as well, correct? Oh, indeed. The aesthetic has to be just as valued as the other components. Uh, you know, good Lord gave us uh, five senses of which one of those was the optic visual, you know, and we have an appreciation for aesthetics. And that has been innate in humankind from day one.
0: So the, how would you define the best design?
1: I would say the best design is the design that meets the needs of a consumer. Those needs are, again, the ones that will appeal to your basic senses, those that uh, appeal to, first and foremost, keep you safe and out of harm's way. Uh, And that is literally the charge of the industrial designers and have been the charge of the industrial designers from day one, when on the other end of the Industrial Revolution, uh, you had more manufacturers making artifacts that prior to the Industrial Revolution, only existed one or two or three here and there. But with the advent of the machine, consumers now had more choices. So consumers became more selective. So the best designs are those designs that meet that selective quality of the consumer and that discerning quality of the consumer.
0: So since the Industrial Revolution, would you say that industrial design has uh, is just as important as it ever has been or has it shifted in, in a sense, uh, its its focus?
1: Yeah, over the years, it has shifted. And, and if we can just speak to the moment right now, it has shifted because there is a larger uh, need for empathy, for a show of genuine concern, not just for the sake of making a product better or for the sake of making it more visually appealing, but one that's gonna truly get to the heart of serving needs that help people who are hurting. And so the industrial designer has extended his capabilities above and beyond just pure product design. And they're now in the boardrooms of social entrepreneurial endeavors. You know, they're on the front lines of helping to improve water systems in third world countries. They're on the front line of helping to combat hunger and deal with drugs. I'm presently involved in a program that I've been ushering now for three years called Project 480, where I take, I take students from three local colleges and I have them engage in the research that is necessary to help bring an answer to the wicked problem of opioids. And it's titled Project 480, Stomping Out Opioids. And the reason why it's titled 480 is because as a nation, we comprise 4% of the world's population. Yet as a nation, we consume over 80% of the world's
0: opioids. Wow. Now, you mentioned that the uh, industrial design Field has shifted, it, or is there's a shift towards this empathetic uh, approach? And you mentioned uh, water systems. Would would that also include products to, of everyday use, as far as uh, for the consumer? And 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 if if it if it does, then what what's an example of that?
1: Yeah. Well, it it it, it does in the sense that the the end result of an industrial designer's intervention is that they help manufacturers people who are in control of systems and products they help them solve some wicked problems that are adversely affecting affecting a broader community right and this is where the real urgency of creative design talent now falls it's no longer on the isolated, cell phone or iPhone or improved car design. It is now in, in the issues that are going to uh, pretty much mail the concerns of the environment as well as the people. Uh, in fact, there's a word for that right now called intersectional environmentalism. And this is another one of those areas where designers and creative people, not just industrial designers, but pretty much anyone who understands how to solve problems in an innovative manner, where they are brought into the boardroom now, and they're leading the charge uh, in those pursuits. So, for water systems in Nigeria, to uh, better ways to uh, affect, um, you know, the lane of asphalt um, on streets for in- infrastructure planning, the creative designer can take charge and lend input to that whole process
0: so do you see that the uh, field of industrial design has almost come full circle to touching back to its roots of when uh if there was a beginning to industrial the Industrial Revolution, where the Industrial Revolution was looking at the problems of society and how to provide answers for whether it's building a better factory or a factory system that would prevent injuries from happening in these uh, very harsh conditions that uh, human populations were working in, or providing access, you know, designing vehicles that would make accessibility to certain areas more accessible and reachable to serve communities. I mean, do you always feel that advocacy was always within the uh, framework of that and it's just become even more pronounced?
1: Advocacy has always been there. That has been the impetus of the three factors that forces design, uh, and that is essentially the society the technology that is the consumer of the product, and then art. And industrial designers have always been called upon to strike a delicate balance between that triad, right? The needs of the society, the resources, and the technology that's available to him to utilize, to meet those needs, and then art, right? Where it has been magnified now is that as a humankind, we ourselves have lost a sense of empathy for one another right and we've lost a sense of empathy for this land and as a result we now need some creative thinking people who can build that bridge create that bridge right and this is why the notion of design, uh, design thinking is so important because it teaches even average layman how to apply creative thinking so that you end up with innovative outcomes, particularly as it relates to solving uh, wicked problems. Right.
0: What keeps you creatively motivated?
1: Passion drives me, but what also keeps me motivated is the fear of stopping stagnation. Right. So when you combine those forces of stagnation and being Uh, Fully aware of the outcome of that, uh, you're constantly moving forward because you constantly want to do good uh, by others. You constantly want to do what you can to make someone else's life better. And that's what uh, the school was set up for to, um, again, serve people. Specifically, Marco, my school uh, uh, helps um, long-term unemployed uh, people find jobs, right? So what motivates me is to be able to share a message that you can be positive, that you can exercise what I call perpetual optimism to continue to move forward and attain your goals.
0: So what other interests inform your creative process?
1: Other interests, uh, other than empathy, are also um, curiosity. Curiosity as to what motivates and drives other people. You know, when uh, we have this process uh, in the design methodology scheme of things to uh, search for answers, we have this process called Tell Me Stranger. So I love having conversations with people, just hearing their story. You know, this is a motivating factor. Every day you can learn something new. Um, I know we have not talked about my nonprofit, the Black Inventors Hall of Fame, but in every single waking moment, I am just one conversation away from learning about a brand new Black inventor that I had never even known about. And I'm supposed to be the authority on the subject. So we're constantly learning every single day. I just put out a post the other day about a brother who invented the ice cream scoop. And I had put out four consecutive articles back to back to back throughout the week. And that was the one that got the most attention. Everybody can relate to the ice cream scooper. So yeah,
0: yeah right. So since you brought it up, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the Black Inventors Hall of Fame? Just just because I'm I, I learned about it. I understand, I kind of was intrigued by it, but I, I didn't want to assume anything about it um, because I am so uh, excited to hear more about it just from your perspective.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, uh, Marco. Uh, it is an organization, nonprofit organization that I formed. Uh, back in June in the throes of the COVID crisis. And uh, its mission is to immortalize the genius of African-American inventors for over the past 300 years from slavery until today. And so it serves as a virtual museum uh, where guests can come in and get exposed to the myriad of contributions that African-American inventors uh, have made uh, in the development and sustaining of this country. Uh, and like I say, with each and every day, you're learning something new. We have our old standbys, which are usually brought to our attention during this month, Black History Month. And as I was coming up as a kid, that was the only time you ever heard about these inventors. During that 28-day period, you would hear about the Lewis Latimers and the Elijah McCoys and the Grand. Bill T. Woods. But we as a people are so much larger, so much grander. And one of the things I'm most proud of is the um, acknowledgement that Onesimus is presently receiving. He was an uh, African-American slave from the 1700s that invented a cure for smallpox. So essentially he is the father of vaccines. And that's an article that I just placed on my LinkedIn page um, last week revealing to the audience uh, his contributions to medicine. And uh, so yeah, Onesimus, 17 18th century slave.
0: That's awesome. That's such an amazing work that you're doing in that field. Do you see this going outside the realm of just a virtual museum and hopefully becoming a site that people could visit? Is, is, is it a physical building? Is that in, this, in the works or is that in the process of your thinking? brother marco you are definitely
1: clairvoyant yes indeed that is our hope we we've placed a a two-year plan on having brick and mortar uh, and right now i'm happen to be sitting in the headquarters of black inventors hall of fame which is a historic 200 year old silk manufacturing building that overlooks the beautiful rockaway river in fact just outside my window here is a deep 15 foot waterfall but uh we do plan uh, in two years to have an actual brick-and-mortar space where artifacts can be cataloged and curated, and that experience can literally be expanded um, above and beyond you know, places uh, like the African-American museums that you have in Washington and things of that nature.
0: Well, museums play a, uh, an important role in my creative development. I worked at the Mu- Museum of Natural History in New York for many years as a de- as a designer. And um, I just uh, anything that that helps to inform the public about things that are uh, unknown to them is for me uh, just the, the the promotion of knowledge and access to knowledge is premier to me, and I think that that that's a wonderful work uh, of the uh, brothers and sisters African American community's contribution to our current society and, and even their continuing, I would say, continuing contribution to our society, you know, and um, that's not to diminish anyone else's uh, contributions, but it's equally as important and it's oftentimes overlooked. And so I thank you for that, for that uh, work that you're doing. Um, so obviously my next question you've almost answered already, and it's, um, you know, your work is obviously responding to culture. Your, your creative process is obviously responding to culture, and it, it seems like it always has been. Has it always responded to culture, or at one time, was it something else?
1: Well, well, yes. As you may know, my nonprofit organization, BIHOF, is a manifestation of that call to acknowledge and lift up a select community. And this is at the epicenter of responding to culture, lifting up a community, right? And so my work also responds to culture by way of remaining true to the virtues of consumer advocacy, okay? So when societal institutions fail a community of people, which we had been speaking of earlier, the laws of attraction forces me to continually stay attuned to those unmet needs, right? So the cultural component is just a natural byproduct of me being um, having DNA of empathy, having in, in a, a DNA filled with empathy, constantly making myself available to use my God-given talents to expand on uh, cultural needs. And right now, the cultural needs happens to be a lot of things concerned with the ills of society. And uh, so, this is the space that I'm I'm more comfortable uh, being in.
0: Is design just a vehicle to get to the place of advocacy for you? And let's say if it wasn't design, um, would would advocacy still be the, at the core of everything that you do?
1: You know, it's, it's interesting that you would ask uh, if it wasn't design. I think advocacy would still be there. But because design is a verb, right? See, Webster defines design with Two words, and that is to create. And then Webster further defines create with two additional words, to do. So as a designer, I am always called upon
0: to do. What has been your greatest obstacles uh, and how do you overcome them?
1: You know, it's funny. uh, We actually, uh, I covered that uh, just a moment ago, but not quite phrased in that question, but my greatest obstacle is stopping stagnation uh, and doing absolutely nothing. I overcome stagnation by always practicing perpetual optimism. That's the ardent science of continually moving forward towards productive goals and outcomes that serve a greater need than your own. I want to make that clear. Serves a greater need than your own and keeping a positive posture and a big smile on my face all the while.
0: You know, a few years ago I had, uh, I went through this point of uh, really, I mean, it wasn't wasn't depression in the sense that clinical depression, but there was a creative depression that I went through um, because I stopped, because you halted. And there was this suddenly what you were made to do and breathe and, and execute because it was not happening there. There's a sense of slowly dying in this, in this process. And this idea of perpetual motion is an interesting one because after I started looking at even just uh, the, the idea of the energy that it takes to get an object moving that's been stagnant, whether it's a rusty s- bolt on on a, and a on a screw, it, the energy that it takes to break free the rust is always much more than it is to get it once it get going, you know. And um, so, this idea of perpetual motion—it's easier to keep the thing moving forward than it is to let it sit for a while and then try to get it started. It's kind of like the engine of a vehicle. If you let it sit for two or three years, the engine won't run properly. You could run that car constantly for a year or so and just make sure that you're changing the oil and the car will work flawlessly because it was created to move. And so I just appreciate that statement that you made about uh, just how do you overcome your 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 obstacle of of stagnation and and, and you know just stopping and, and being frozen and that's to never stop, never stop. And what does that look like for you? How do you never stop? Is is it is it a practice that you do in the studio? Is it a way of thinking? Are there things that you read that you inform yourself with? What is that?
1: I think it's a combination of things, but uh, at the core of it is embracing. Um, the importance of being positive, embracing the importance of serving. And when you can uh, serve, you can embrace both of those and let that overcome you as an individual uh, and putting the needs of others ahead of yourself. uh, It's almost difficult to stop. It's difficult to stop. And you're just constantly pushed forward. As Dr. uh, Martin Luther King made note, uh, you're constantly moving forward.
0: What value do you place on uh, creative expression in, in society? Sure. Well,
1: I and all of mankind, all our very existence to creative expression, I therefore place the highest value possible on creative expression. And that again, according to Webster, is the act of doing.
0: Taking action. And action takes on different forms. Different forms, yes. I want to close out our time together in this conversation with this last question. What's the one thing you would say to fellow creatives to inspire and encourage them?
1: Practice perpetual optimism and don't be afraid to get in touch with your rebel talent. And your rebel talent is that unique feature that kind of rubs against the grain challenges conventional thinking. There's a great book, by the way, uh, by the noted author Francisco Gino by that very title, The Rebel Talent. So I would encourage anyone who is really interested in getting in touch with their creative side and to be inspired by a great book um, on the subject matter to get that book I have no stock in Francesco Gino's book. I do use it in my classroom, but it is a remarkable book. But practice perpetual optimism and just know that there is a force out there. Put your wishes and your demands out there, and the entire universe will conspire
0: to help you attain them. I love this conversation, James. Thank you so much for the time that you uh, gave us and gave the audience at Artifacts Forum I really appreciate your time.
1: Marco, it's been my absolute pleasure and I appreciate you having me on. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us today. My hope is that the conversations you hear on this podcast inspire you in your own creative journeys. I'd love to hear your comments about what you've heard. Connect with us on social media and share your thoughts. Support us by subscribing, rating, and sharing this podcast. So until next time, stay inspired and keep creating.